0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcast.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, thank you so much for this opportunity. I want to thank uh, sheer enjoyment for the privilege of being able to speak with you and learn with you this evening in preparation for the Yom Tiv of Rosh Hashanah and in general when it comes to the Yom Narayan period as a whole. The Gemara in Gittin, Dafsamech Amin Beis, tells us that there seems to be a contradiction between two psukim. On the one hand, the Torah says in the Sefer Shamos, The Torah instructs us to write down all of the Torah. At the same time, the Torah also says, that you're supposed to have the Torah Baal You're supposed to have it oral. You're not permitted to be able to write it down. And the Gemara tries to reconcile, tries to understand what does it mean, on the one hand, that you're supposed to write the Torah down? And in the same, line of, in the same vein, the Torah instructs us to have the Torah Shaba Peh. And the Gemara explains that it's not a contradiction, that the Torah Shabakhsav, the written Torah, must be written down and cannot be recited orally. Well, at the same time, the oral tradition, our Torah shabbal Peh, must be oral and cannot be written down. And we know, of course, that in Torah of Yudah Anasi, made his revolutionary decision for fear that Torah would be lost forever. Torah Shabab Peh remained oral until, again, like I said, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi made the decision that because the Torah was going to be forgotten forever, because of the Gullus, because of uh, Klal Yusof being spread all throughout the world, had he not made this decision, Torah Peh would have been forgotten. And as a result, he made this, uh, he made this tremendous decision, this controversial decision, to write Torah Shabab Peh down. One of the questions that many of the Mepharshim, many of the Rishonim, and of the Yachronim struggle with is why did the Torah, why did Hashem, when designing the Torah, want part of the Torah to be written down and part of the Torah to be oral? Why couldn't the entire Torah be written down? Yes, it would have been longer. Yes, our boys, Bar Mitzvah partials would have been significantly longer, it would have been a lot more challenging, but at the same time we probably would have had a lot more clarity in the Torah instead of having all the different arguments that take place in the Mishnah, all the disputes that take place in the Gemara and so on and so forth, had the entire Torah be written down instead of the way it was structured, where part of it is written down in the form of Torah Shebechzav, and part of it is written down in the form of Torah where now we have so much ambiguity. There's so much left, to so to speak, to our imagination. Why is it that the Torah was structured in such a way? And one of the suggestions... Uh, that is made that I'd like to suggest, that I'd like to share with you this evening, is in the name of the Beis HaLevi. The Beis HaLevi, the father of Chaim Brisker, in his Sefer, Shilos and Shubos Beis HaLevi, Drush Yud Ches, makes an amazing, amazing suggestion which I think will help us prepare and begin a conversation of what we should be thinking about as we're making the appropriate preparations for the Yomim Noraim period, and in particular for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And the Beis HaLevi explains and asks this question, wants to know why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu on his infinite wisdom, his infinite understanding, anticipating all of the different confrontations and conflicts we would endure in our ongoing development of Torah, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu design and structure a Torah Shebech a written Torah, and a Torah pen, oral Torah? And he explains that were there to be just the Torah Shebech Were there to be just a written Torah, then there would be no expression, there would be no opportunity, there would be no flexibility, there would be no breathing room for Klal Yisrael to play an active role in the ongoing development of Torah and in particular in Halacha. Were everything to have been written down, were we have been given the instruction manual black and white on our cloth in our Torah, then we would just simply be robots. We'd simply be following whatever that manual would be able to say and we wouldn't have any level of investment. We wouldn't be able to play an active role. We wouldn't have an opportunity to get on the field, so to speak. Instead, we'd simply be following like robots that which we had been instructed to do. Explains the Beis HaLevi, that's why HaKadosh Baruch with his tremendous wisdom, Kiviachol, specifically designed and structured the Torah to have a Torah Shebech Sav and a Torah Sheba Pe. Hashem said, I want Klal to be invested. I want Klal to be an active participant. I want Klal to be involved. I understand that if a Klal is going to be passionate, if a is going to need to feel that they're in the game, so to speak, I have to be willing to relinquish some control of the development of Halacha, of the development of Torah. As the Gemara tells us in Bava Metzia, Loba Shema Yimi, Baruch didn't want the Torah to be relegated to the heavens to, for the, for the Malachim, for the angels. Rather, he wanted the Torah to be able to be something that was handed to the Jewish people and allow them to play an active role. In fact, Says the He use a beautiful metaphor. He says that while the cloth for Torah Shabbat is the parchment that we see, when it comes to Torah Shabbat Ha'peh, Yisrael is the parchment paper. Khalal Yisrael is the cloth that Torah Shabbat is inscribed on. Khalal Yisrael, because they've been given the opportunity, they've been privileged to be the arbiters, to be the transmitters with certain parameters and certain guidelines that have been handed down from generation to generation. Kalal Yisrael has been given the co op, the strength, and the authority to be the ones to, to transmit our Mesorah via Torah Alpe. Kalal Yisrael has to be that Kli, that vessel. We can't just be robots. We can't just operate based on the manual that's been handed down to us. But rather, our Kodesh Baruch, who wanted to inject an investment wanted us to be able to play the role of owner, wanted to take that extreme ownership, that passion, that excitement, that energy and enthusiasm that only a person could be able to participate in through that lens if we're an active participant. If we're simply just handed over the keys, but we're not able to play an active role, then we wouldn't have that passion. We wouldn't have that excitement. This perhaps may also help us explain why the first mitzvah of the Torah is what it is. We all know that while there are three mitzvahs that are given to the Jewish people in Sefer Bereshus, the mitzvah of 'er Pruervu, the mitzvah of Brismila, and the mitzvah of Girhanashe, those three mitzvahs ultimately that were incorporated into our 613, when they were given, they were given to individuals. However, the first mitzvah that the Jewish people received as a nation was actually. Prior to the receiving of the Torah in Parshas bow, the mitzvah of Kiddesh Achodesh, of Rosh Chodesh, Hashem says, Hashem says, I'm going to give you a mitzvah as a litmus test, and I'm going to see how the Jewish people are going to handle it. And what was that mitzvah? That mitzvah was Rosh Chodesh. Now, it's a little strange when you think about it. If I, as Hashem, were going to give that first mitzvah to convey to the Jewish people the type of relationship I'm looking for, even prior to giving the Torah itself, I don't think I'd be picking the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh. I might pick the mitzvah of Shabbos, where we recognize that there's a boreolam, there's a creator of the world. I might recognize, I might give them the mitzvah of Kashris, while Kashrus is a Chok, it's a mitzvah that we're not privy to the reasoning behind it. Perhaps Hashem wants to convey servitude, convey subservience, understanding that we don't just do things because we understand them, but because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is instructing us to do so. But the mitzvah of Kiddush HaKodesh, the Rambam writes that when it comes to Kiddush Kodesh it's such an esoteric, it's such a difficult mitzvah to understand, understanding astrology and astronomy, understanding the relationship of the sun and the moon, the different parts of the month. This is the mitzvah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu uses to introduce himself, to communicate, to convey to the Jewish people the type of relationship that he's looking for, seems to be very difficult. But based on what we're saying, as to why the Torah specifically was designed to have a Torah Shebech Sav, a written piece, and a Torah Sheba Pah, an oral piece, in order to hand over the keys, to, so to speak, to us, to allow us to play an active role, to be invested, to be passionate, to be energized about our our Judaism, to be able to feel Yiddishkeit in our kishkas, we perhaps now can understand why specifically the mitzvah Rosh Chodesh was given. After all, Rosh Chodesh was the time in which Hashem essentially gave over part of His control over time. We all know the famous medrash. Where the Malachim, the angels, once came to the Ribon Shalom. And they said, Hashem, the Jewish people, the Sanhedrin, they're making a mistake. They're sanctifying the new moon on the wrong day. And not only that, it's going to impact which day of that month is going to be L'chag. is going to be Yontif. we got to get down there. we got to somehow be able to convey to the Jewish people that they're making a terrible mistake. And the Medrash records that Hashem's response is unbelievable. Hashem's response is, I'm really sorry, but I gave them the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh. That mitzvah now belongs to them. Whatever they're going to decide in the court, in the Bezdin down there, that's how we are going to follow in the Bezdin Shamaila up here. And with that, we learned something incredible that yes, While Rosh Chodesh may be a difficult mitzvah to understand, it may be esoteric, it may have some very challenging details, the minutiae of it may be difficult to comprehend, at the end of the day, the overall message of Kiddush HaFodesh is Hashem communicating to the Jewish people I want to partner with you, I want you to be in the game. I want you to be involved not only in the ongoing development of the Torah and like we said as to why Torah Shaval needs to exist, but I even want you to play an active role and take partial control over time. I want you guys to understand that without your involvement, without your partnership, without that shutfus, without that understanding that you need to be invested Kala Yisrael is not going to be able to be successful in transmitting, in serving as the one who's a leather link in the chain of our miso. And so while on the surface, it would seem to be somewhat difficult why the mitzvah specifically of Rosh Chodesh, the one chosen, designated to communicate the type of relationship that Hashem wants with the Jewish people, now there's no greater mitzvah that Hashem could have chosen to be able to communicate this. And so therefore, what I'd like to discuss tonight a little bit, is the notion of Judaism is not a spectator sport. Judaism cannot be one of those activities where you're on the sidelines and you watch from afar, and every so often you get in the game, and every so often you'll sub in, but you're happier being on the sidelines. Anybody that's going to be successful in developing a relationship with the Rebonus Shalom has to be in the game on a regular basis. That's why, as we explained, there's a Torah Shabbat to communicate that investment and that involvement. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu specifically chooses and selects the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh to convey the type of relationship that he has. There's an amazing, amazing insight of the Tzvah Semes. The Tzvah in Parshish Kisov a couple of weeks ago, when it discusses the mitzvah of Vidoi Maestros, we know that when a person has to separate the maestro, the tithes for the, for the Levy or Maester Shaini, he has to say what's called particularly for the Levy, Vidoi Maestros. He has to confess, he has to state and declare that he hasn't done anything wrong. He's done everything kahalacha. He has followed the instruction manual we know to be the Torah in its pristine fashion, in its accurate way. And he has not diverted and he has not become distracted and he has not fallen off the path of what he was instructed to do. And yet in the context of this declaration, there's a statement that seems to be difficult to understand. He says the words, Lo avarti mi mitzvosecha, ve'lo he declares that I have not violated any of your mitzvot Hashem, meaning I have performed the mitzvot correctly. And then he adds two words. He adds the words of, and I didn't forget the mitzvos. Asks the Svasemes, obviously, you just said, lo I did not transgress, I did not violate any of your, your mitzvos. I have not done any Averos, I have not committed any transgressions, I have not uh, violated any iniquities, I have followed your ka halacha. What do you mean, Velo Shachati? I also didn't forget to do the mitzvos. Obviously, you didn't forget to do the mitzvos. if after all, you've already stated that you have fulfilled the mitzvos correctly. What does it mean when this person is misvade? is when he confesses, what does it mean that not only did I not violate your mitzvot, Hashem, but I didn't forget? And listen to the most unbelievably powerful, Svasemis something that unfortunately, if we are honest with ourselves, and hopefully we are right now, we are look, taking a hard look in the mirror, we are doing a careful evaluation and assessment of who we were this year, and what we need to do for the upcoming year, we can relate to what the Tzvah is about to tell us. The Tzvah says, that there are some people in this world who can fulfill every mitzvah correctly according to the technical requirements, and yet still forget about the mitzvahs. You can be in the middle of Shmona Esrei, you can get to Shma Kolenu, and you forgot how you got there to begin with. You can be involved in learning Torah, you can be listening to a she'er, and you spaced out for six minutes and have no idea what the progression of that lecture was. You can perform, you can fulfill, you can be makayim, every mitzvah of the Torah, in the best way, muhodor, in the most beautiful way possible. And yet, if you're a robot, if you're not invested, if you're not energized, you can forget about the fact that you're doing this mitzvah. Says the sva that this person who's being misvade this person who's confessing, this person who's declaring and stating to all that I didn't... Uh, violate any of your mitzvahs, meaning I fulfilled the mitzvahs, and also, I made sure to be excited, I made sure to be energized, I made sure to understand that the mitzvahs are not just some technical part of my life, that fulfillment of mitzvahs are not just something that I check a box off, but rather mitzvahs are a conduit. Mitzvahs are that bridge for me to be able to deepen my relationship with Hashem. I can't be lazy, fair. I can't be apathetic. I can't be on the sidelines. But I've got to be a, a starting player in the game. I've got to play an active role. If I want to get the most out of my relationship with Hashem. That says the Tzvassem. is what the Torah meant when it says. Lo'avarti mi mitzvosecha. Ve'lo shachach. Melech writes. So famously in the capital in the paragraph to Hillam that we are reciting twice a day. Achas sha'alti David asks for this one request, and he says something which on the surface we've said so many times. And yet we've probably never been sensitive enough or picked up on the language of Davar HaMelech in this Pesach to realize that there seems to be a contradiction. On the one hand, he makes the request to Hashem, Shifti Hashem kol yemei I want to dwell, I want to reside, I want to be a permanent fixture in your house all the days of my life. Hashem, to be able to see the delight, the pleasantries of Hashem. And yet Davar HaMelech adds two more words. And those two more words are the most troubling of this Pasuk. He says the words, behei And I want to be able to visit his sanctuary. Wait a second. Let's unpack this for a moment. Let's try to understand what does this Pasuk mean. David HaMelech on the one hand says, I want to dwell in your house. That sounds like he wants to do something that's permanent. He wants to become a permanent fixture he wants to be a resident in the house of Hashem. And yet at the same time, those last two words of the Pasuk say, I want to be a visitor in your sanctuary, Hashem. Well, which one is it? Do you want to be permanent? Do you want to be a resident? Do you want to be living with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in his house? Or do you want to be able to visit his house? Which of these two things are you requesting? And I heard an unbelievable insight that speaks volumes of, about what we need to do and is in concert and is consistent with this theme that we're trying to, to study and learn and grow from together. And that is that the HaMelech says to Hashem, Hashem, I want to be able to be Zokha. I want to merit to be able to live in your house. But even while I'm living in your house, I still want to feel like a visitor. I still want to feel the newness. I want to feel that excitement. I want to feel that passion. Yes, I want to live with you, HaKadosh Baruch Yes, I want to be a permanent fixture in your house, Hashem. Yes, I want to be a resident, Ribon Shalom. But even when I become a resident, I still want to be a visitor. I don't want Torah to become stale. I don't want to become desensitized. I don't want to feel robotic. I want to feel an investment. I want to feel an ownership. I want to feel the passion. I want to feel that enthusiasm. I want the exuberance of mitzvahs. I want the adrenaline pumping through my veins. That, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is what I'm asking for. Ulevaker. To be able to visit, not as somebody who feels like it's rote and routine, but like I saw the new house again. And it's so beautiful. And I take notice of all the new dimensions and elements of the relationship that I can have with you. And so as we're entering into the Yomim Noraim season, it is so difficult at times to break from routine. Day in, day out, I go to my minion three times a day, and I do the daf yomi, and I, I do chesed, and I go to visit the hospital twice a week, and I get into this rut in routine of life, and I get into the trenches of life, and sometimes we forget about what we're trying to ultimately accomplish. We, we're just so focused on the trees that we lose sight of the forest. We forget about what's the purpose of everything I'm doing. Why am I doing it? And I'm doing it because I want to grow closer to Hashem. And in order to be able to appreciate that, we sometimes have to take a step back, and we have to evaluate, and we have to assess who we are and what direction we want to go in. We have to somehow break the sh- from the shackles of our natural routine and be able to appreciate what it is we need to do to inject that passion. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not interested in a relationship with a robotic, stale human being. He wants people who are invested. It's kind of similar to the relationships that I always compare with my students between a spouse. Could you imagine if a husband and wife got bored of each other? Could you imagine? It doesn't mean every single second, but could you imagine? Imagine if the relationship you have with your wife, with your husband, was one that was stale, that was robotic. Yeah, I buy the birthday present, I buy the anniversary present, I take them out for dinner, but I don't feel it, and the body, leg- body language speaks that way, gives off that impression. What kind of relationship, how long will that marriage last? Well, if it won't last when it comes to a, a buster of Adam, a human being between a husband and a wife, how could we expect a Kodesh to reciprocate? to be the one to bestow chesed, to, to, to allow us to be the beneficiaries of all the good that he wants to provide and to shower on us if we are not going to reciprocate and demonstrate that investment in him and in his Torah. And so as we prepare for the holiday, for the Yom Tivah of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, a time in which it's it's designated to be able to break from routine, let us look at our lives, let us put various components and dimensions of our lives under the microscope. Let's see where we can tweak things. How can we inject that energy? How can we start to feel what we used to feel? How can we start to uh, be impassioned? How can we connect to the Reboner Shalom, not just by checking the boxes off on the mitzvah chart, but by feeling the mitzvahs and understanding that only through that feeling can we ultimately cement that relationship. So to review, we began with a contradiction that the Gemara Gittin points out. On the one hand, you have to write the Torah down, and on the other hand, it has to be oral. Well, which is it? And the Gemara resolves this contradiction by telling us part of the Torah has to be written down, and it can't be ba'apev, orally. Part of the Torah has to be oral, and it can't be written down. The Mesa Levy says, why was it structured in such a way? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu understood with this tremendous infinite chachma wisdom that the only way that Klal Yisrael and the Torah would survive is by relinquishing some control in the ongoing development of Torah and Halacha. If he wanted us, with a capital H, to be invested, he had to be willing to allow us to play an active role. This perhaps is why the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh, that on the surface is so enigmatic, is so difficult to understand, as the Rambam says, is specifically the mitzvah that Hashem chooses, because he wants to convey and communicate to us that we are going to be involved, that we need to be involved, that we need to partner with him, even if it means playing a role and allowing us to partner in the control of time. This is what the Swasema says in his Vidoy in the Torah's Vidoy Maestros, We can perform all the mitzvos and yet we can forget about the mitzvos. We have to not be routine, we can't be robotic. We have to feel mitzvos, we have to be passionate about mitzvos, we have to be enthusiastic about mitzvahs, we have to feel the mitzvos if we want to cement cement and concretize that relationship with Hashem. And finally, Daven HaMelech says, on the one hand, I want to be a permanent fru- structure. Well, then why is he saying the words, because even if you're going to be permanent, even if you're going to be a resident, you want to feel the relationship with Hashem is new. You want to have that rejuvenation. You want to have that renewal. You want to have that energy, that exuberance, that excitement. You want to feel like every day is a new opportunity to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And if HaShem, if we take these lessons to heart, through the entire uh, message that we have been discussing, that Judaism is not a spectator sport. Judaism, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, expects us to get in the game, to play an active role, to lead by example, and to feel that passion. That in Mirza Hashem, we will be able to have a different type of relationship with HaKadosh Ribon Shalom. We will be able to feel a stronger connection. We'll feel that while we're demonstrating that investment in Him, He will please God, demonstrate and reciprocate by having that investment in us. And we'll have a, ksiva tova, a good yibet shdior, with health, with happiness, with nachas, with simcha, and only good things for the coming year. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful evening.